Welcome to Boise Song Talk. I'm James Coberly Smith. Give me just a second. Take off this metal finger. Set this guitar down, please. Thank you. Songs. What are these songs? Well, consider this. On the one hand, we have soft and tan and young and lovely. The girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she passes, each one she passes goes ah. And then on the other hand we have Devil with a blue dress, blue dress, devil with a blue dress on. Fee, fee, fa, fa, fo, fo, fum. Look at Molly now, here she comes. Completely different songs but they both work. Now what we're going to be doing here on Boise Song Talk is we're going to be speaking with a number of the great local songwriters about how they write their songs. Now they're all great live performers and I encourage you to go out and see their live shows. But we won't be emphasizing performance here. Instead, we'll be focusing on how they write their songs. Now, I'm going to start this thing off with a shortened version of one of my songs, and then we're going to go over and meet tonight's special guest. Wind can bend a tree or knock it down. Rain can quench your thirst or it can drown you. If I could protect you, I would But in part, your life is measured by The storms you have withstood And the earth, they keep on spinning Sometimes without a sound But always with a rhythm softly pounding the simple truth grows stronger as the rest falls apart and always the rhythm softly pounding feel that rhythm softly pounding The perfect rhythm of the unprotected heart. Feel the perfect rhythm of the unprotected heart. Now, let's go over and meet tonight's special guest, Dale Keys. Thanks, James. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. It's a first. I, uh, I don't know if I'm a great local writer. I don't know how great I am that I'm still local. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, now, wait a minute. <laughs> if I was wait so great, why am I local? Oh, come on. <laughs> there's a bumper sticker. Well, <laughs> this is why I'm doing this show. He doesn't even appreciate himself. He's one of the best dang writers <laughs> I've ever seen. Thank you. First time I saw you was not long ago uh, playing. It was just a matter of months ago. I saw you playing at the Egyptian. 
and I saw you play one song. And I just, I said, that guy can write songs. Oh, thanks. Uh, it just was clear as day to me. <laughs> How, when did you start writing songs? Let's get, ask you that. Well, we talked a little bit about this before the show. I, I wrote a song in 1996 uh, that I'll play here in a little bit. It was the mm -hmm. first song that I ever wrote that I kept. I wrote for 10 years. The <clears throat> first 10 years I tried to write songs was like the first 10 years I tried to ski. I just slid down the slopes, <laughs> got to the bottom, got back on the lift, and went uh -huh. back to the top. Uh -huh. And I still ski a lot like that. But, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I just got a, I pushed it for a long time. I, I would think, well, I, I want to I try to beat John Prine, or I want to try to beat Guy Clark or Towns Van Zandt. And I listened to all those great writers, and I, and I would try to write like them. And then I, get, I think what the secret was I gave up trying because uh, I was in a truck stop one day uh, uh, and saw a waitress and I scribbled down some notes about her. She looked very sad. And uh, I just scribbled down some notes about her, what I imagined her life was like. And then I carried that around in my wallet for almost a year and didn't think about it much. And uh, I was out hiking around in the, on the South Fork of the Boise River one day and it came to me so fast that I hoped that I would get back to where I could could get to the guitar and and the song itself and the notes that I had that I could write them down and I sang it to myself in my head all the way home uh, from the backcountry <clears throat> sat down and and put it together and then I sang it you know in the house just for the dog for a long time I didn't let anybody else hear it and then one night uh, sitting around campfire I just I did a bunch of John Prine songs and Guy Clark songs and all the ones that I always cover, and then I just sang that one, and nobody had ever heard it before. And when I got done with it, one of my friends said, "Is that a John Prine song?" Which I not only took as a great compliment, but I thought you know part of the secret is this is just like guitar styles. You know, I listen to Chet and I listen to Merle Travis and I listen to James Taylor and Django. I listen to all of those. And when people listen to me play the guitar, they say, I hear a little bit of James Taylor in there, and I hear a little bit, I hear a lot of Chet Atkins in there. Mm, I had Chet Atkins records before I heard anything else. When I was 10 years old, I was listening to Chet Atkins records. The mm -hmm. uh, uh, first record I bought was a Johnny Cash 45. The mm -hmm. next record I bought was an LP with nothing but Chet Atkins. Oh. Freight Train, I wore it out. Okay. I didn't sing where anybody could hear me f until I was grown, uh -huh. but I sat and played the guitar. And uh, so it was totally an accident. And I haven't, my fingers are sore right now just from warming up because I don't play much anymore. Uh -huh. uh, I go through periods where I don't take it out of the case for a long time. Okay. And then periods where I play, play three, four, five hours a night. Interesting. And uh, so I wrote that song in 96. And I didn't write another one until 2001. And the one that hit me in 2001 hit me much the same this one did. And I thought, well, there's two songs I've written and I won't write anymore. And then they started to come. And uh, <clears throat> the next year I was in Nashville with 27 songs <laughs> on uh -huh. a demo. I, like I went down there at the, at the suggestion of Steve Eaton. He was helping me record my demos. And he uh -huh. would just you know, poke his finger in my forehead and say, you need to go to Nashville, uh -huh. which was a, a whole different story. But, and I had a ball. 
So are, are you, um, do you, re you remember these first, what, either one of these songs you're just talking about? Could you play them? Yeah, I'll play the very first one. This is, this the, is the one? This one's 14 years oh, old. Okay. And I didn't throw it away, and I likely threw away 15 or 20 mm -hmm. uh, before I kept this one. Okay. What you also say about songwriting is it's completely subjective. It may have been that some of the songs that I threw away, someone else could have could maybe find a cassette tape of I would think. and say, I'd like why, did you throw, why did you throw this away? But that's Correct. not important. I mean, it has to, it has to work for you. Right. But, uh, and <laughs> five years from now, I may listen to this song and go, oh man, I played that song on television. Right, but correct. this is one that I liked. It's called Sometimes You Don't Feel Like a Song. truckers stare at her legs and for the millionth time she mutters how do you want your eggs she is every waitress if you know what i mean half the age of that old jukebox in the pinball machine she don't long hear a song about the railroad Sometimes you don't feel like a song Her soul is fragile like a wine glass Or a church window pane And hungry men stare right through it Like bombs out in the rain She's falling for the cowboys Who drift in with the snow But they ride off into sunset leave here all alone she don't want to hear the song about the railroad or the semi jack knife in the snow and she don't want to hear the song about going honky tonking or the
Dale Keys. Okay, see that song is, is once again chock full of what you do so well. These images, uh, semi-jackknife in the snow, there's specifics. You, you use them so continuously and so well. This is also, uh, and then the, the songs in the jukebox, and you know, so I don't want to hear a song. My life is a song in the jukebox, as the whole overriding theme of the thing is fantastic. Um, and it's a, a three, four piece. So you said you had carried around this thing in your wallet, which was what? It's a piece of the lyric, right? The first verse. And then the rest of this came to you out on the ranger, wherever you said you yeah. were. Um, you, you, it sounds like you were saying you were getting the melody at that time as well. Oh. Yeah, so I, was, I, I was bird hunting, actually. I, I tell people I wrote that song with a 12-gauge Winchester nice, <laughs> nice. in my hands and not a guitar. But yeah, I had the whole, I just kept singing it to myself on the way back home. And, I, and the, other, the thing about it was, I, when I was there and I saw her, I was listening to the jukebox, and now jukeboxes drive me crazy because, except for the one at Merritt's Cafe, they all play top 40, and it all sounds the same. It's just, just, just so terrible. The old jukeboxes, the good ones, played that miserable. Merle Haggard, <laughs> Willie Nelson, shoot yourself, uh -huh. uh, Hank Williams. It, they, yeah. they, they still have the gray old songs in the old jukebox. So do you usually get music and lyrics at the same time? Usually. You do? I usually do. And I also, it's almost, sometimes they're almost like I, I can feel uh, if I had seizures, which I thank God I don't, but like some people say, I, I can tell this is coming and I need to get home or get, pull off the road because I can feel this coming. There have been times where I've been driving and I'll, I'll just race for the house or I'll uh, take my cell phone out uh, if I'm somewhere and I get an idea, I call my own uh, number okay. and leave it as a voicemail. That was a technique okay. I used for a long time. Tim O'Brien said, you know, if you got hit by a truck and they were going through your stuff and listening to your messages, <laughs> they, would, they would hear yourself talking to yourself on your voicemail and think, well, he was on his way out anyways, may as well have gotten hit by a truck. But see, that's a very practical thing that I would have ended up asking you during this anyway, which is how do you capture an idea when you're out there? Um, and you just gave me a new one. I think, yeah. Yeah, the t as far as the, uh, the technology, whoops, I shouldn't hit that much. The technology right. versus, uh, you know, uh, uh, carrying a, a pencil and paper around. Right. I mean, I, it, it, writers go through times, I think I did, where I didn't want to be without a little notebook in my pocket to scribble mm -hmm. stuff down. It wouldn't have made any sense to anybody <laughs> else. But just, and, and there's been times when I, uh, I, I just, just anything I could get my hands on, the back of a bill, the back mm -hmm. of a phone bill, an envelope, just anything. It doesn't have to sure, be fancy. Sure. It can be a crayon. Uh, you know, Guy Clark uh, wrote L.A. Freeway. <clears throat> That's one of my favorite songs, or favorite stories about a song. He was in the backseat of the car. Susanna was driving. He was sleeping. He woke up and he said, if I could just get off of this L.A. Freeway without getting killed or caught. And he yelled to Susanna, throw me something to write with, it doesn't matter what it is, and she threw him an eyebrow pencil. And he wrote that on a burger wrapper. Okay. And put it in his wallet and carried it around for a year. And one day he sat down and he wrote one of the greatest songs ever written. 
but he was just getting the words at that time unless he had the melody and if he did he'd have had to call a cell phone like you did or have a sure. tape deck or something right. right all right okay fair enough <laughs> well see you've already answered a lot of them things i'm always curious about uh, whether people write their lyrics or music separately you usually write them together and uh i've got a um a request for you there was a song of yours off this phenomenal debut album of yours. Dale Keyes, by the way, if anyone wants additional information on Dale Keyes, uh, they can uh, contact me at uh, my email, jamescoberlysmith at gmail.com, and I can get you over to Dale's information. Now, the second song on that album is called Upside Down in Lincoln. <laughs> I wondered if I could prevail upon you to just play the first verse or two to mm -hmm. up to where sure. it ends with you know yeah. I'll start flagging you down yeah I wrote <clears throat> I try not to the other thing I try not to talk too much about a song before I sing <laughs> I hadn't noticed. because because that's given the song should stand on its own uh-huh okay I've, yes yes I don't I'm I sure agree. you've been in situations where a songwriter talked for 10 minutes about how the song came about well that's cheating because it so, should be in the song. True. Completely and I'll talk agree. about, and I thought about this song after you asked about it. I thought there are some things in there craft-wise that I think are quite important. And we'll talk about art and craft. Fair and enough. Verses. You're going to hear my uh, lack of practicing on the guitar. As I said, not performance-oriented. I was upside down when I came to in the darkness, still buckled into my seat. Turn signal blinking through that broken windshield, hanging there staring up at my feet. I could hear that radio in the dashboard. I could smell that gasoline in the snow. I was, see, I remembered I was just this side of Lincoln, Nebraska. I remembered black ice on the road. I'm upside down and Lincoln and the moon is bright <laughs> Holding on to hope with all my mind Fog is thick as fiddles in hell Won't do any good to yell I guess I'll be hanging out here for the night Okay, now, you actually did it a little bit different than yeah. on your recording But it's all the same On your recording you open up with I was numb from the cold when I came to, in the darkness still buckled into my seat. Before I, I'm going to recite these because to me what you do so extraordinarily well is detail. It, every phrase in this thing, there, to me there's not one wasted word, not one. You also go further and you use the senses, all the senses are brought into this. I don't even know if you're aware of it, but I'll, I'm just going to re recite. Okay, I was numb from the numb from the cold when I came to in the darkness, still buckled into my seat. Turn signal blinking through the broken windshield, hanging there, staring up at my feet. I could hear the radio in the dashboard. I could smell the gasoline in the snow. I remembered I was just a side of Lincoln, 
I remember, I remember black ice on the road. To me, that is so unbelievably detailed. It takes me there so fast. Everything coming at me has taken me there. And, and the, the use of the senses is often discussed uh, in songs. If you can bring that dimension in mm -hmm. to the information, if you can use the senses. And you, you did th three of them here. You know, I'm numb from the cold, so you're giving me that. And then I can hear the radio and the dashboard. First I had to get over laughing at just that you added in the dashboard. It's like, well, where, where is it going to be? But you said in the dashboard, which makes it even cooler. Um, I could smell the gasoline in the snow. It's like, oh, I'm there. I'm there. It's So you can tell I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I wondered, with the element of, of the senses, were you aware of that consciously? I never once thought about, well, I got the idea for this, another one that I talked notes into my cell phone. I got the idea for this driving across Nebraska on Interstate 80 toward Lincoln. I drove from uh, Boise to Nashville on the 15th of January. I took off in a Miata with my dog in the seat next to me, my guitar on the, in the window behind me, uh -huh. and a bag of clothes in the trunk. That's how I got to Nashville. Five days of that blizzard. and. Um, I look back on it and think, I just, I can't believe I did that. Uh, but I did. And going across Nebraska, I thought, this road is so straight. And yet, you know, you get into parts of Nebraska that actually have, where the road actually turns. I just got, the original idea was that the guy was driving a Lincoln. And he, and he is, another thing that's in the song, is that if you listen to the last part of the verse, it doesn't say that he's driving a Lincoln. But he's driving a Lincoln and he's upside down. He's come off the road outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. That was the original idea was upside down in, in my Lincoln, in Lincoln. And did, then it became Did these this. lyrics come quickly? Or was this? I wrote it when I got to Nashville. But I had, the, I had it was something that I just jotted the notes down and okay. thought, when I, one day built. when I'm, I'm going to build it. But, okay. but probably when I sat down, like got the idea of what I wanted to do, Probably from start to finish, it didn't take me 20 minutes to write the whole thing. I'm going to ask you something else because, we're, we're, believe it or not, we're already heading to the end of the show. This is always happens. I have too much fun. If you had a piece of advice or two to give to songwriters, what would you say? And then we'll have you take us out on a song. I thought <clears throat> I've been putting together ideas for a songwriter workshop. And... Uh, when I first got to Nashville, I was in a songwriter gathering, and the person leading it uh, said, you know, the first rule of songwriting is there are no rules. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, that's BS, because, you know, there are rules. And to the extent that a writer doesn't follow them, the song will be less. And there aren't in any particular order for me, but there's one okay. that is number one. Okay. And that is a lyric out of a Guy Clark song that Susanna, I believe, actually wrote. And it's a title to the song. And that is, it's got to come from the heart if you want it to work. Songs that are written that? on a deadline. Hey, meet me at 10. Reba McIntyre wants an upbeat rocker for her next record. Meet me at 10. We're going to write that. That's what goes on in Nashville today. And that's why all the songs coming out sound 
as Johnny Cash said, the guys singing them uh, sound like they never dug a ditch or rode a horse. I know a song of yours that doesn't sound like that. It's that apartment song. How about you give uh, us some of that? Play the apartment song. Dale Keys. How much time do we got? Not much, buddy. Three minutes? Whatever. It's rock and roll TV. We're going to find out. I got this apartment after my divorce by the exit of the interstate across from the golf course I got the cable TV cause I watch a lot of sports I eat a lot of junk food and hang out in my undershorts this is my life my life could be better, but it could be worse. The neighbors to the left of me make love every night. The neighbors to the right of me, all they do is fight. I hear the racket through the walls and they call each other names. It's funny how fighting and fornicating pretty much sound the same. This is my life. My life could get better. It could be worse. Well, I could probably meet someone if I hung out by the pool. But I'm fair skinned and I can't swim Probably look like a damn fool And I got the kids this weekend Cause their mama's got a date She's probably gonna marry that one Some bitch I hate Sometimes I get down in blue But after a little while think about him stuck with her and I just have to smile cause that's his life with my ex-wife might get better mm, I got this apartment after my divorce by the exit of the interstate across from the golf course Dale Keys. We still going here? Looks like we are. Good. Then we'll just jam a little because <laughs> we're probably close to the end or we're at the beginning again. I don't know. I mean, I'm out of tune in E. That's kind of like upside down in Lincoln. 